Hey friends, welcome to Candid Faith. My name is Shelby and I am your host for today. Here we share relatable, real, and relevant topics for the everyday Christian woman. This week on Candid Faith, we are talking about something I know we all struggle with or have struggled with in the past, and that is comparison, the big C word that can stop us dead in our tracks and make us question everything we thought we knew about anything and can absolutely make us question and doubt who God has created us to be. So this week I brought on my new friend, Abby, and together we tackle the big topic of comparison. I majorly struggled with comparing myself to others for years and years of my life, and my faith in my walk with Jesus has completely transformed my mindset when it comes to comparing myself to others and my view on how God sees me. Once we start to shift our focus to more godly thinking or higher thinking, meaning once we start to see ourselves the way that God has actually created us, we become unstoppable. If you have struggled with comparison in the past or you are currently struggling with it in the season that you're in, this episode is absolutely for you because Abby gives us some amazing wisdom. It was such a joy to be able to have this conversation with Abby, and I'm so excited to share it with you. If you didn't know, anything that we mentioned in the episode, whether it's Bible verses or book recommendations or other podcasts, that information can be found in the show notes, which is below the episode. So if you want to know more about something we mentioned, you can just click on the show notes and find all the information that you need. All right, here is my conversation with Abby. Well, welcome, Abby, to Candid Faith. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited you are here too. I'm super excited to dive into this topic today. It is something that I haven't put a ton of focus on before, um, but I'm, I'm super excited. So go ahead and tell us who you are, what you do, and something people might not know about you. Well, hi guys. My name is Abby Cogdell. Um, I was born and raised in Texas, but I am currently living in Colorado with my husband and our two dogs. Um, and we have a little baby on the way. It's our first one. So we're really excited about that. I know. That's amazing. So crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I actually used to be a former teacher, but now I am a work from home gal. I work for an appraiser, but also I um, have an online wellness business, which is really fun. Um, So something that people may not know about me is as a kid, I danced on Broadway, which was really cool. That is amazing. What, like, what were you in? That's crazy. Um, I was in the Nutcracker. I was five years old. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you're familiar with the Nutcracker, um, you know, the little kids that come out from under the dress, yes. uh, that's who I was. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That is so awesome. Did you like ever do anything besides the Nutcracker? Like, did you want to be a dancer? Like when you grow, when you grew up? I didn't necessarily want to be like a full-time dancer per se, but I danced for 13 years and it, oh, I guess it was more of like a hobby sport for me. Um, and then college, I just kind of stopped, but it was, it was really fun and I still enjoy it. <laughs> that is awesome. I think my fun fact is sometimes very similar. Um, I wasn't on Broadway by any means, um, but I did <laughs> musicals in 
high school. And so I was in, I was a plate in beauty and the beast. And I took that role very seriously. Okay. I took that role very (laughs) seriously. (laughs) So that was my, yeah, that was my um, connection to you. But other than that, I'm like not a great dancer. I like to go to like Zumba, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, Zumba is great. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So let's just start with um, a little bit about your testimony. When did you first meet Jesus and what does your walk with him look like today? Yes. I'm really excited to share this. This is so fun. Um, so I pretty much knew Jesus like growing up, you know, typical, like we went to church, we didn't go to church like every Sunday. Um, and so kind of by the time I got to about seventh grade, maybe right, I guess right before youth group kind of starts for, um, some churches, my friends invited me to go with them. And I was, you know, I was like, I don't really know what this is. This is exciting or whatever. And then I fell in love with it. I was like, this is the coolest thing. Like, I love everyone here. We get to learn about Jesus, but also have fun. Um, And that's kind of where my like walk with him started and where I officially um, was saved and baptized within that year. Um, Kind of backstory, I actually was saved with one of my really good friends who invited me to youth group in her bedroom. She walked me through the steps and we just kind of did it together. And it's just a really special moment that I hold in my heart. Um, which is really cool. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Um, so then, so kind of my walk with him now, it is, I feel like it's very kind of unconventional in some ways, but it's really more of, I've had to really dig deep because I haven't had, you know, most people get saved and then have like the perfect straight and narrow, or maybe they don't. And I just think this, but I just feel like, you know, they have that defining moment and then their walk with Jesus is like just this almost perfect, not perfect, but do you get what I'm saying with this? Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I think I, I think I was kind of the same way. And I think sometimes I am the same way where I think, like, I remember the day I got saved, I was at my pastor's house and we had dinner and just like you said, she walked me through the steps. And when I left her house and I was driving home, I was like, should I feel different? Like, should yes. there, should something have happened? Like, did I miss the memo? Like, I don't know, but no, I totally get that where like people seem to just, it's not that they don't need Jesus. It's like, they don't need him as much as I do, (laughs) you know, in some cases, you know what I mean? Like I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. Yes. So kind of, you know, I, and we'll probably, we'll get to this later, but just I, you know, in college, I did not make the best choices. And then it was kind of, I came back once we got to Colorado and I, it's just every day I wake up excited to dive in and spend time with Jesus and, um, and it's just been a really fun journey. Yeah. I love that. I love that. No, I, I definitely connect with the whole, I don't, what, what's supposed to happen? Like, is it yeah. supposed to be easy? Is it supposed to be harder? I totally get that. Yes. So I, I love your, how your social media focuses on positive mindsets and joyful attitudes. I've had other podcast um, guests come on about, talking about social media and kind of how it can affect our faith, let alone our confidence and our, you know, we're talking about comparison here. Um, I struggled greatly with comparison while on social media. And some of the things I do are like focus on social media. So I, um, I like to put out God's word on social media and then, um, you know, just, I have my own leisure 
uh, activities that I do like on Facebook and Instagram and all those things. And it's so hard not to get wrapped up in like what everyone else is doing. And am yes. I doing enough? Am I doing what, like, should I be doing what they're doing? I know in 2020, I was seeing everybody, even though it was COVID, I was seeing everybody travel the world and they were writing books and they were um, just doing, I just felt like God was being more clear with them about what he wanted them to do. And for me, it was clear as mud. So I greatly struggle with comparison. Um, What has your experience been like with a negative mindset in the past? And how did that affect your everyday life? Um, So I also very much agree with you on the social media part. It's so easy to get into the comparison trap. Um, And And so I think that is kind of where God has been leading me to just share that because I mean, social media can be really fun. I mean, you get to meet people and all of that good stuff, but anyways, um, for the most part, I actually created a reel on this not too long ago. I've always been like kind of the happy person on the outside and 90% of the time it's on the inside too, but growing up, um, you know, I always found the good and everything. Even now my husband gets so mad at me where he's like, can you just listen to me and not like find the good in this horrible situation? <laughs> I'm being uh, so positive. <laughs> yeah. Like stop it. And so I don't know if that's like some shield I put up or what, but you know, growing up in a small town, it was definitely a struggle to, um, hang on one second. Yeah. Let me get my brain together. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pregnancy brain is a real thing. And that is something I, I believe that <laughs> I believe that. And so anyways, something that really kind of like rocked my world was I had a miscarriage a few years ago. Um, and that was like my first time that I really had this mindset of, so negative that it affected me for so long. Um, and I couldn't see the good. I struggled to smile. I struggled to find joy in anything. Um, and so it was a really weird turning point, um, for me, but looking back, you know, I see it was something that God was just really working through my heart. And even though I'm still different, um, I've kind of grown through that, but whenever I couldn't see the good or the joy, I kind of like shut down. Yeah. And so honestly, that is what was so hard. And I think that's something that happens on, you know, social media or in everyday life or in work, you know, we're having a hard day and it's hard to be able to move forward and kind of know why we're here and why we're still doing the things that we're doing. And I think that's kind of the biggest struggle when negative mindset is just really overpowering everything else. Yeah. I, first of all, I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, and I think Christians definitely get this. It's, I don't think it's necessarily a bad rap. I think it is, um, just something put on them either by ourselves or from other people, like outsiders looking in that everything is perfect and everything should be perfect. Like once you become a Christian, your life is just so much better. And we know if you really have spent time in your Bible, you know that Jesus himself did not live an easy life. Um, like way before the, like his crucifixion, like it was not as simple, like his apostles, it, it was not as simple life to live, but 
it's like with Jesus, with our faith, we're able to overcome those things. It doesn't mean we invalidate our emotions. I think I thought that for a long time where I would go through and have recently gone through seasons of depression and I'm like, well, God doesn't want to talk to me when I look like this or when I feel like this, but that's exactly what he's there for. Like we're not there to do it alone. And it doesn't make the struggles that we go through that much easier or even simpler. It just makes them possible. I think we all have seen that quote. That's like, faith doesn't make things um, easy. They, it makes things possible. And I think that is so, so true. Mm-hmm. And then especially with like, did you ever, when you were going through your season of loss and grief, did you ever ha- like run into comparison? So like comparing yourself to people who maybe just weren't even going through any struggle at all. And then of course you're maybe I we're going through a fertility um, journey as well. And so I find that I compare myself to other women who are just getting pregnant left and right. And that's comparison, even though it's, it's very valid and it definitely still hurts. It's, it's comparison nonetheless, if that makes sense. Oh yes. I remember, you know, it's, it's kind of like whenever you get into that dark season, it's like everything opposite of that, that you're wanting it. That's what you see sometimes Yeah, yeah. Especially on social media. And I remember, cause mine happened right before COVID kind of really started per se. Um, and so, you know, everyone was on social and then I feel like every time I opened my phone, someone else was announcing they were pregnant. Mm. I was like, what mm-hmm. the heck? Like, this is so crazy. And so that was really hard because you want to be happy for them. Yeah. But you're definitely comparing your journey to theirs of just wishing you could be in their shoes. Yeah, I know. I I struggled with that happiness factor where I felt like I might as well have um, committed the greatest sin for not feeling happy for them. Like Mm -hmm. that alone was worse than anything else I had, I'd ever done. Um, just because I like the happiness was kind of fake in a way, like, yes, you're, you're genuinely happy. Like your heart is happy, but your emotions are. And I think that happens as well on social, like things like social media, or even in our friend groups where people are doing other things, they, they seem to be more blessed than we are in certain seasons. And yet we just can't be like, we're genuine, but we can't feel like deep happiness for them because we're going through our own struggles. Um, yeah. Um, I, so you say on your social media that you love to help women overcome this comparison, this like dark cloud that, that follows us around, especially when it's always in our face. Um, and you help them find joy in life. So can you share your experience with, so I know we've been talking about our experiences with comparison, but is there a defining moment for you where you were like, this is a serious problem and I need to figure out what to do for myself. And then you, you know, the moment where you wanted to turn around and pour into other women's cups. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if there was ever, I'm trying to think of like that defining moment because I feel like comparison comes in every season, um, on like whatever you're going through. But when, back when I started my, uh, wellness business, you know, that was one thing that I found went right before I got started, I had started working on my own health and fitness journey. And I really found that when I was like pouring into, you know, being disciplined in doing what I have always wanted to do or needed to do, um, 
in really treating my body in a way that I cherished it, I was finding joy in that. And I was finding joy in working out again um, and, you know, eating foods that I loved. And so that I guess that was probably the defining moment when I wanted to start sharing kind of, you know, when you, when you start to focus on yourself um, and get you to a place where you are feeling confident and joyful and excited about what's to come, then I feel like the comparison game kind of lowers and it doesn't become as overpowering. Um, because I think that whenever you are, when you are pouring into yourself and that confidence shines through, I think that is where the comparison kind of goes quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like amening all over the place over here. <laughs> I absolutely agree. The key word for me was confidence. I remember very similarly with the with fitness journey where I am, you know, it's so, it's so hard not to compare yourself uh, and your own fitness journey or health and wellness journey to other people's. And so like, I struggle with um, PCOS and some mm -hmm. people, like some women have like almost cure. It's not curable, but it's definitely manageable to the point where you don't even deal with it anymore. Yes. And I'm like doing the same thing they're doing. I am like cutting out gluten. I'm cutting out dairy. I'm like doing low impact exercise. And like, all I'm doing is getting fatter and like less pregnant. You know what I mean? <laughs> like oh, it's yeah. really like not helping. So I, um, once I realized that what I'm doing is enough, like I'm trying my best and so is everybody else. Like we're just out here. It's literally not a race. It's not a competition. We are all out here trying our absolute best. And once I started, just like you said, like when I started focusing on myself, I, that's really when I started looking at other women and I was like, good for them. I'm actually happy for them because I know that at the end of the day, I'm doing what makes me feel the best. Like I remember trying all these ridiculous diets Oh yeah, work. Yeah. That worked for other women, but just didn't make me feel like my best. And if yeah. you're not your best, you can't be the person God needs you to be, or you can't show up for people the way he needs you to, you yes. can't show up for the projects he needs you to, to do and, and to complete for his glory and his kingdom and everything. And so once I kind of gained that perspective, I was like, I just want to be proud of myself at the end of every day. And once I shift that mindset, I started to be proud of everybody else too and where they were and less judgmental of myself, if that makes sense. Like, of course, we all struggle with comparison in some small way. Like, even if you're the most top-notch confident person ever, there's still like a little bit of like the enemy likes to sneak in there and plant a little mm. seed of doubt about what you're doing. And if you're doing it good enough, you know, I totally agree. Yeah. I wanted to bounce something off of what you were just saying. Cause that's something I kind of, you know, I preach cause I, so part and part of my, um, wellness business is I run an accountability group. And so I have girls that, you know, we're in community together and that's something that I, I haven't really said this in a while and I'm glad you brought this back up, but I used to say all the time, like if we are not showing up for ourselves, how can we show up to what God has, you know, what we're supposed to be stewarding. Yes. And, um, and so, but also bouncing off of that something, I, I don't remember if I, it was like a meme or something that I saw, but it was some quote of some sort that said like, almost like selfishly thinking that, you know, if you are putting all this pressure on yourself, you know, comparing yourself to other people, you're not truly believing 
how you were made and like how you were made Mm -hmm. in his image. Um, And that has kind of stuck with me as well. Whenever I go through that, you know, comparing myself to something, I'm like, you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm showing up the best that I can today. And, you know, I was made in his image, which is so cool. And so I'm going to shine and rock that. (laughs) I, yes, I absolutely love that. I, um, that mindset itself, like knowing that God created me to be me, not to be everybody else. And what my husband and I are learning in our small group at church right now is that God uniquely made you to do something so specific and so wonderful for him. And like, God doesn't, it seems weird to say because we're thinking about it in human terms, but like God doesn't need us. He's God. He wants us. He wants us to bring our like spiritual gifts to the kingdom. And like, we get to use those gifts for him. And I just think that's crazy. Just like you said, it's crazy, but yeah, like once we understand that we're not put on this earth to be somebody else, we, I know we all go through a journey of trying to figure out who we are and who God created us to be. And that's like joyful in itself. Um, but to say like, Oh, I want to be this like for me personally, I remember saying, oh, I want to look like her. I want to be her body size. I want to be in her pants, you know, like her pant size mm-hmm. and everything. Once I like finally was like, okay, my like God didn't build my body to be like that. She's beautiful. He made her body like that. But for me, I'm my own type of beautiful. I'm my own kind of beautiful. And that's good enough because it's good enough for him. Yes. It, it really that. is. Yeah, it really is. This, I mean, it's a tough mind. Any type of mindset shift is so hard oh, because so we've hard. probably been living in it for a long time. So <laughs> kind of um, going along with that, what was something that did help you with comparison? Like when you found yourself rabbit holing down into like, like I'm not good enough. They're doing, you know, they're doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. And God must've just like skipped over me or, um, I know what God wants me to do, but I don't feel qualified or good enough to do it because she's already doing it better than me, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. I laugh because I've literally had those exact Yes. (laughs) Like, that's so real. Um, So like I said before, my wellness journey really has had like a huge um, piece in that um, of just helping me, I guess, find joy in who I am and who I was made to be. But I would also just say immediately stopping the thought. Um, Because I mean, heck, like two days ago, I went down almost like, you know, not as big of a rabbit hole, but I went down a rabbit hole of thinking like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. This was not a good idea. Or, you know, I need to like delete all of this and try better. And then I thought, you know what? Like, this was on my heart to share. So I shared and um, I kind of just like stopped the thought immediately and I, kind of face it with, um, with truth and prayer. And that has been a huge help of at least helping that like spiral. And cause you know, our thoughts go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. so I think just kind of stopping the thought right then and there and being like, absolutely not. That's not, I think that yeah, I truly think it's Satan trying to come in and make you take away everything you've, you've shared or, you know, scare you, from doing it, um, all of the above that will bring, um, yeah. spiraling down that hole. Yeah. I recently talked to one of my friends in our youth group and she was saying how, 
Um, she's going into like a new season and she knows what God is telling her and he's being pretty clear about it, but she just has all this fear and all this doubt. And I really struggled with that as well. And I told her, I was like, the closer you get to doing exactly what God has called you to do, the harder those spiritual attacks will be because the last thing the enemy wants is for you to step into your calling and do something for the kingdom and actually make a difference in this world. And I really loved what you said about once you found your joy, um, I just posted this on Facebook, on Instagram the other day. It said it was a Philippians four. Um, we're supposed to lean into everything that makes us feel joyful. That is true. And that's pure. And comparison is not something it's like, we're, we're using, um, the spiritual, the fruit of the spirit plus Philippians four, um, as a diagnostic tool. Right. So we're like, okay, does comparison or like whatever the the thing is that we're, um, that's not bringing us joy in this case, comparison is comparison bringing me joy. Is it giving me life? Is it making me feel like the best I can possibly be? And if it's not, it's not from God at all. I think he can, I mean, absolutely. He can use comparison to teach us how, like, this is not the way that, um, he created us to be and all like, he can use everything as a lesson and, um, a way to give us wisdom. And I've definitely learned from comparison. I mean, that's how, you know, like you and I have learned so much about not leaning into comparison. And like you said, how to not spiral into those deep, dark thoughts that really just stop us from, um, just like for me, it just debilitated me entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, so just like, like you said, reinforcing the truth in God's word and then being like, okay, comparison is telling me I'm not good enough, but here's like 50,000 pages of all the things that God says I am. And he says, I am good enough. Like that is what has really helped me, um, over, you know, as I go through different seasons and face different types of comparison, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So did your, um, or how did your walk with Jesus change the way you lived your life? So this is kind of a shift, but I think it goes it pairs really well with comparison because once we walk with the spirit and once we like really, really just melt into this like amazing journey we get to take with Jesus, I just, I feel like everything else just kind of falls away. You know what I mean? I completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, and I was like, as you were talking, I was thinking about my couple of answers. I was like, man, this does really, you can kind of see why my answers are this, but, um, one is definitely loving others. Well, um, cause you know, when you're comparing, like we spoke about earlier, it's hard to genuinely love them and be happy for them when we feel like we're not getting that blessing or whatever it is. And so just really being able to love others and everyone. Well, whether that be, you know, close friends of mine, uh, or strangers I don't really know. Maybe I meet them at the grocery store, you know, just kind of extending that joy to others and um, just, yeah, loving others. Well, yeah. we're going to stop there. Secondly, I would say discipline in my own life of being so disciplined with my wellness journey has kind of poured into so many other areas of my life. And then, which I think in turn, you know, has helped with comparison, which then has helped me to loving others and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love what you um, said about loving others because I mean, that's, especially when we're going through hard seasons, that can be the last thing we want to do. Like 
God, I don't even want to love myself right now. Okay. Yeah. Do you see me? Like I'm a hot mess. Um, <laughs> the only thing that loves the only thing on this earth that loves me is my dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like um, so I, I really love that. And I think um loving others, especially when you're hurt, that is something only God can teach you. Um, and I know I do notice that non-Christians or even lukewarm Christians, like no judgment here, but I do notice this pattern that they, um, you know, we get, they get angry easily. And and I say this because I used to be this way before I was saved, or even when I was saved and I was still in that lukewarm phase of my um, faith, I would still anger easily. I would still gossip. I would still do all the things of the flesh that we are called not to do in Galatians five. So like, that's where we talk about the fruit of the spirit and the the things that we need to lean into because those are gifts for us. And those are things that like joy, love, peace, forbearance, all those things are readily um, there for us to take. But Jesus is the only one who can really teach us those things. Um, and without that like scriptural backbone, I think we fall into things like comparison and anger and greed and all those things. So I definitely love that you mentioned loving others because that can, like I said, be the absolute hardest thing we can possibly do. <laughs> it's definitely tough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is there a part of your testimony where joy seemed completely unattainable? And how did you hold on to hope when joy was something that like when like okay, let me get my let me get my brain together, my non-pregnant brain, just my very, very, very scattered brain. <laughs> so Okay. So like the first part of that, um, was there a time in your life where joy just seemed completely unattainable? Yes. Um, definitely my miscarriage. That was the most recent thing I would say, but that, that was like the first time I felt like, holy moly, my like world is ending. Everything is changing. Like what's going on. This is horrible. Um, I, it took a long time for me to kind of be able to see the good in what can come from um, what God was trying to teach me in that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had um, two or three women come on the podcast to talk about their fertility journeys and um, pregnancy and infant loss and things like that. And it amazes me how much God can do through those seasons. Um, it, it really is. It's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's like all these things at once. Yes. And again, that is just so for me, that is such evidence of God and his love and his mercy and his compassion. Um, so when you were going through that, at what point did you kind of realize that God did have hope to offer you? And he was there with you that, that whole time. Um, and he was like helping you through that, like through that heartbreak. Oh yes. Um, I mean, when it was such a shock to us when it first happened, I think for a while I was just still in shock of trying to figure out why and, you know, what was going on. Cause we weren't expecting to be pregnant. It was just this mm-hmm. very weird two week feeling of being so excited we're pregnant and then bam, horrible news. Um, and it's kind of something I just never imagined myself going through. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know any woman that would ever imagine that, but, um, and so I would say like 
the first few months, it was really just trying to get myself out of bed. And I was still trying to put my brain around like why it was happening. But deep down, I knew, you know, I knew like, God does not, I like, we don't necessarily go through anything that we're not going to learn from or grow from. Um, and even though it's a re- like you were saying, it was really hard. Um, like, he is there, he is mm-hmm. with you. And, and that is kind of what I held on to in the seasons of not being able to find joy in any form or fashion. I just deep down, I was like, okay, this is not, I, I, I feel like maybe, I don't know how long I, that's all such a big blur to me, mm-hmm. but I feel like within a few months after I remember thinking, or maybe I read something and I thought, you know what? Um, this miscarriage was not an accident. It was supposed to happen. Um, and as as heartbreaking as that is, I'm not going to let this season of my life go to waste, um, where I can, you know, find other women who, that was one thing I found a lot of women who went through the same thing. And that was something I didn't realize that that many people go through miscarriages until I came into this, season. And so, um, I think just really holding on to the fact of knowing that everything's on purpose. And even though that's really hard to like comprehend in the moment, um, no season is wasted. Yeah. I think for me, especially we let our circumstances take away the joy that could be put there and not saying that a season of grief or, um, a season of, um, loss should be sped up by any means. And I think like, I, like we kind of talked about at the beginning, like it doesn't make anything easier. It doesn't mean all of a sudden we don't have to grieve or, um, that our feelings are, you know, we're just, we're fine. Like we're good. We don't have to brush them off or anything like that. Um, but I think, um, in seasons that I've gone through loss prior to being a Christian versus when I've gone through loss and grief after being saved, I just find that I'm able to like pick myself up quicker um, mm-hmm. and healthier. I think healthier, not maybe not quicker. I think healthier is the word I'm looking for where I don't lean on people or things that make me feel worse. Um, I go to my Bible or I go, to, I um, pray more. I pray more intentionally. I go and find um, fellowship and things like that. And that really helps. That's like a complete lifestyle shift when it comes to finding joy and how you find joy and um, what your personal source of joy is. And like, we all have like Jesus as our source, but you know, some people like to Bible study, some people like to sing and some people um, like to be around other people when they're sad. And I personally don't always want to be around people when I'm sad, but (laughs) sometimes I just need some time by myself. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, I, I really love that. Um, so when you were faced with these, um, dark seasons or adversity, what for you? So like, I just talked about, um, some personal ways that we find joy. What for you were, um, some ways that you found joy, like that really just lifted your spirits and made you look forward to the future with hope? Um, I would definitely say worship music. 
I would play that all of the time. Like, because I, and I also thought about, you know, lots of prayer, but I will say kind of in those seasons, sometimes when it's real, real dark, it's really hard to pray. It's really hard to, I guess, not really necessarily hard to pray, but to be able to find the words um, to say, because I mean, you're angry and you're frustrated and you're confused of why God kind of has you in this season. And so being able to pray to him, which I, I truly believe, you know, we can be totally honest with how we're feeling with him, which I think is really incredible, but worship music kind of put the words that I needed to hear in those moments, um, or just felt, you know, maybe I needed to pray or it would give me part of a Bible verse that they would sing in the song. And that is kind of what I would kind of hold on to in that moment, or even just pray, you know, I would hear those words and think, Oh yeah, I needed to hear that. And I would just kind of pray those things. Um, so definitely worship music for a good chunk of time was, is something that always helps me. Like even this morning, I was so tired. I did not sleep. And I'm like, I don't even think I can read words on a page, (laughs) even though I'm not in a dark time right now, but I was like, I'm just going to put on worship music. And it really just, it helps. It just really does the trick in that, in that area of when you're just really struggling to find the words or just finding joy in general. Yeah, I am right there with you. Music in general has been, always been that way for me. My husband and I have music on all the time. I grew up around um, listening to music with my grandparents and things like that. Um, but you're right. There are um, people who sing, like our favorite uh, worship leaders or our bands and all those, they sing scripture. Like they sing actual verses that we can find in the Bible. And so you're right. Like sometimes when we don't want to read the Bible or we don't know how to pray, we don't know what to say, like they can say it for us. And, um, I, I mean, I, that's one of my favorite ways to praise God is to, I mean, I'm not a good singer by any means, by any means. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But he, he knows it's the heart, it's the heart and intention behind it. Right. (laughs) Um, that that's always been like my number one thing. Um, my number one favorite way to praise God is through music and singing and just being with him and sitting with him. And recently I posted, um, a, it was a meme in my Facebook group and it was Kermit the frog in bed. <laughs> and he just said, God, dot, 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 sigh, dot, dot, dot. Like, and it was like, um, sometimes when that's all you can say, it's enough. Like God still hears you. He listens to your heart, even when you don't have the words to say. Or I remember at the beginning of my testimony, I went through, uh, or the beginning of my faith, I went through a huge breakup and I was praying, but sometimes I was just like, I don't even know what to say. I was just crying through my prayers. And now that um, I'm further along in my faith, I thought that was in 2016, I think, or 2014, Um, I know that God still listens to us, even through our tears, even through, you know, even just through our silence. If we're just, if we just want to sit in God's presence and just be like, I just need to sit with you sometimes. And I've done that more recently where I'm like, God, I'm just, I'm just here today. And that's all I can do. (laughs) All I can do is just show up today. (laughs) You know, that's so interesting. You say that because I think even which this is so crazy that I, i to think this, but I feel like even in prayer, you know, when you, you know, kind of maybe start out going to church and you hear people pray and you think that your prayers have to sound like that and they seem perfect. Another, you know, I think it's just another way that Satan brings in comparison into our life. 
Um, that is something that I have been working through within kind of this past year. And my pastor actually said he was talking about how he was talking about prayer. That was the main topic. And he goes, Sundays, I literally am just like, God, I need help. Like, and he, or he's like, God, help me get through this next hour. Like just the most simplest thing. He's like, you're just talking to him. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be elaborate. And like you said, sitting in silence, I think all, is huge. Cause even with music or, you know, when we're praying, I can totally go on tangents when I'm like talking to God. And then I realize, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, this is not what I need to be praying about. <laughs> uh, but just yeah. sitting in silence. I know I, when I used to teach, I had a 45 minute drive home in the afternoon and I would just turn the radio off and I would just sit there and be like, God, I'm here and I'm listening. And that was, um, really helpful too. Yeah. I love that. No, I, I do something similar where I just sit in silence with God. And I recently got into talking to God out loud. That is something I never used to do until maybe this year, like this last month, um, where I'm in the car and I turn the radio off and I'm just very intentional. And I think I talk out loud when I really, really need to focus because your brain can throw, you, you're just going through so many thoughts. Like, you're going through your day. Um, your brain is just not reliable. So yeah. talking out loud really helps me. Um, but I think that, like there's a there's a huge difference between sitting in your car in silence and just like letting your mind wander and then being like, God, I'm here, talk to me or just sit with me and comfort me. And that's like that's a whole different feeling. And it even gives your car, like the inside of your car, <laughs> a whole different vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I totally agree. Yeah. So I really love that. I think that is something that it took me a few years to understand that God can hear, like he can listen to your heart and it doesn't have to be like, like you said, this verbose, perfect, um, eloquent prayer. It can just be like, God, what in the heck yeah. was that? Like, that is me most of the time. Like, especially when I'm at work, I deal with so many people at work and so many different personalities. I'm like, God, are you joking me right now? Like, <laughs> did that just happen to me? Are you kidding? Like that, I, like, once I started shifting my um, conversation style with him, um, it, it changed my relationship with him entirely. And that really started, I think, um, so, maybe November of last year, I went through Stephanie Mae Wilson's prayer journal. Um, it's called the between places. And she just really helps you like practice talking to God, like a friend. Um, and then I just took that and ran with it. And now I'm like, we besties now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so shifting focus a little bit to your health and fitness journey. Um, how has your health and wellness, um, Okay, let me rephrase that. Health and wellness are a huge part of your life. How has taking care of your body and mind helped your faith? This is probably what I'm most passionate about and like where God is really like, okay, this is what I want you to share. <laughs> um, because I, I kind of shared this in the beginning, but it wasn't until I kind of got back into my health, my, you know, my health and wellness journey. And I started my little side business that my faith really, like I kind of came back to it per se. Um, and that is kind of where that started. But the big thing is it has just really reminded me that 
taking care of my body is more than physical results, more than, you know, earthly things that we always see or perceive from other people, um, where the comparison starts to shine in our life. Um, it's, and it's so much more about cherishing the body that God has given me. Um, I also like to say, you know, God has given us gifts to use and to share with the world. And one of those gifts is our body. And so when he gives us these gifts, you know, he calls us to steward them well. And so I truly believe that we need to steward the gift of our body as well as we can. Um, and that has really encouraged me and in, in just that part of my yeah. life. Yeah. I love that. I, um, had a very similar transition where I started to see my body just kind of like we talked about before, like we start seeing ourselves as gifts and as treasures of God. And once I realized that my body is healthy and it's able, and I can do so many things with what I already have inside of me, like what God has already placed inside of me. I, and it obviously was not overnight, but I really started to put away this idea that I had to look a certain way to be worthy and to be usable by God. Yeah. Um, I don't have to be a certain size. I don't have to, all I need to do is be confident and comfortable in my own body and know that I am doing the things that I'm doing, whether it's a diet, whether it's a certain exercise or a regimen, I'm doing it because I want to take care of the body that God gave me yes. so that I can do exactly what he needs me to do. We all have, just like you said, we all have gifts that he's given us and our bodies are a temple. Like that is written in his yes. word that we are the temple for the Holy Spirit. And I, I really love that you focus on that. And I love that you take a faith-based perspective on that because I don't think it's taught enough. I think it's either yeah. or, like either you are so focused on your physical body that it you become really focused on vanity or you're just kind of whatever, but you're really focused on your faith. And I don't mean yeah. whatever as in you don't value yourself. It's just you can't, I don't, it's kind of a weird thing. And it's probably because I struggled with this. Like for me, I was either really focused on vanity or I was just, I just kind of became lazy physically and was just like, well, God doesn't need me to be a runner. God doesn't need to be yeah. like a yogi or like anything like a yoga instructor or um, a marathon runner or a swimmer or whatever. Um, I had a really hard time finding balance. Mm -hmm. um, but like, we said before, like once you have that, um, uh, scriptural truth and that backbone, like the Bible as the foundation of your life, then you're like, okay, I see what God was driving at here. <laughs> yes. Like when you're able to kind of mesh them together and put faith and fitness kind of side by side, I think one, it, it takes away that kind of vanity thing that you were talking about of, because don't get me wrong, you know, wanting physical results and wanting those types of things aren't bad at all. Um, but I think when that becomes your sole purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, I think that is where the mixed line can be. And so when you put them together, not only does it bring more joy to your journey of taking care of your body and really being confident in who you are and, you know, doing what God has called you to do, but I feel like it just makes it a lot more fun to reach those physical results that yeah. you're wanting to do. And eventually you'll get there, but you stop, I think, putting that timeline on there because you're like, I feel so good today. You know, I am energetic. I have, 
I'm nourishing it well, I'm doing all of these things. And so I feel great about what I'm doing. And then over time, you know, the physical results will come and that's what you're wanting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think of consistency, like what you just said. I, I really think of the consistency factor. What, um, like the intention behind like what you're putting behind, um, your fitness journey or like why you want to be a certain size or why you want to look a certain way or feel a certain way. Like what is the intention behind that? And definitely doing it because God has called you to take care of or steward something well is way more, um, it doable long-term than just like, I just want to look like somebody else. I just want to look like what everybody else looks like right now in this generation that I'm living in, which is going to change. Like the only thing that does not change is God. Mm -hmm. And, um, that and like who he calls us to be is never, ever going to change. But like things of this world, like when we put our focus on things of this world, like it's going to shift, it's going to fall, it's going to break down. Um, but doing something for Jesus is like, it's always going to be there. And you can always like, like, you're right. There is a longer timeline or an infinite timeline of, um, because we have grace to mess up when I feel like in this generation, especially because, um, like our generation is so focused on, um, being fit, which is a great thing. It's like nothing wrong with that. But again, it's like, we definitely see people go down paths of like, I just want to focus on this body competition or, um, I just really want to keep up my followers and I want to make sure that, you know, I keep up appearances for people and things like that, that that's never going to be sustainable. So (laughs) yeah, I I'm, I'm like you, I'm, it's definitely not my whole life. Um, but I am really passionate about that topic too. Cause I, I struggled greatly with, um, like disordered eating and, you know, really focusing on my weight for the wrong reasons and putting my worth and my value and my weight and all those things. And it is something that God 100% delivered me from. So I could be on a soapbox on it (laughs) forever, forever. (laughs) So, but that was why I really appreciated what you, what you do and like that you do blend faith and fitness so well. I absolutely love that. Thank you. So for someone really struggling with comparison, so much so that it discourages them from moving forward. So I think we've all like felt stuck, like mm-hmm. compare, like we said before, I, I want to do what this other girl is doing, but she's doing it better than me. Um, that, that can make us feel like we can't move forward or we have to pick a completely different direction that we don't even feel comfortable in. Um, what words of encouragement could you give them to break that habit or mindset? Um, I would definitely say go back and figure out why, like, why are you, um, you know, wanting to look like this girl or why are you comparing yourself in this season and kind of, you know, be honest with yourself, you know, really speak and say exactly why you're feeling this way. Um, cause I think whenever we bring that to, to truth and bring that kind of like, to the top, then that allows us to take the steps to be able to break those habits or mindsets um, of kind of spiraling in that way. So like I mentioned before, where, you know, kind of just stopping the thoughts, but sometimes it might take a little more digging than just saying, I'm not going to think this way. Like there might be something deep down that maybe doesn't even, you know, you don't even realize is affecting you. Um, but it's just there and it's, you know, just Satan just constantly whispering in your ear. And I think when we can grasp 
why we're feeling this way and why we're comparing ourselves in this manner, then we can really take the steps to slowly getting better and getting out of that um, hole. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about doing more digging. I, I think some of us don't want to admit, or again, like, like you said, don't even realize the things that do affect us. So maybe it's the friends that we're surrounding ourselves with. Are they making you feel uncomfortable? Are they making you feel insecure on purpose? Like, are they getting digs in at you of how you look? Or, um, I know for me following on social media. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am my life changed when I started following women who were my body size. So mm-hmm. I, before like my feed was filled with, um, I love fashion. I love to um, like put together outfits and things like that, but I was following women who, um, weren't even my body size. Like I could never, I could, I could wear things that they were wearing, but it just wouldn't flatter my body the way that I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did go through a social media cleanse where I was like, if this person, person's content triggers me. And it's not that their content is bad. It's just for me, it's just not a fit. It's, it's not that they're trying to be hateful or hurtful or anything like that. It's just not a fit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, once I did that clean out my, my mindset changed entirely. Like if you can't get away from social media, then you need to transform your social media because you are what you ingest. And like the Bible teaches us that ingesting is way more than food, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's everything around us. It's like media and who we surround ourselves with and everything like that. But, um, digging deeper to find out like why you hold on to the beliefs that you hold on to was, and is huge. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that piece of advice. And I think that takes a lot of heart work, but it's great work and it's transformative work. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on candid faith and sharing your wisdom with us. It was, I love, like, I just love that we touch pretty much everything that <laughs> I feel like everyday Christian women really struggle with. Like, like I said, especially comparison and we're called to be set apart. And so it can be super easy to try to follow the flesh when the Holy spirit is calling us into something way bigger, you know? Um, so I just, I really appreciate you taking the time, um, to sit with me and share your experiences and everything. And I am so excited that you are having a baby soon. When are you due? I do May 17th. Oh my gosh. It's coming up. It's coming up. I know. It makes That's me amazing. Nervous. <laughs> I'm so, so excited for you. Um, how can we, um, find you on social media and is there anywhere where we can support you, whether it's like a website or anything or your products or, um, whatever it might be. I pretty much zone in on Instagram. That's kind of my big home. And you can find me at Abby Cogdell. Very simple written out. Um, A B B I E C O G D E L L. But yeah, that's kind of, I don't have a website. I do have a Facebook page um, that's also Abby Cogdell. But um, yeah, I mean, showing support on Instagram is just as great as <laughs> if you were to, you know, join me in your health and fitness journey. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at, but thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yes, this was great. I, I can't wait to share this with everybody. So I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. This is one of my favorite reasons why I love podcasting. It really does feel like you are just sitting with a cup of coffee, talking about life with a girlfriend. 
I highly recommend you go and follow Abby on social media so that you can continue to feel encouraged and inspired by her. Both of our social media information and websites, and again, anything that we talked about in the episode will be linked in the show notes so that you can go and check those out. If you haven't already, I would so appreciate if you would leave an honest rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts and also follow the show so you never miss an episode. I release episodes every Friday and I am so excited to continue on in season three. I still can't believe it's season three, but here we are. I also promote the next week's episode on my social media, so on my Instagram specifically. So if you want a little sneak peek on what that next week's episode is going to be, make sure you follow me on Instagram. And I look forward to chatting with you guys next Friday. See you then.